it's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James, and by my side, as always, is that B-A-double-D-A-double crooked letter, badass Billy Gut. Together we are the New Age Outlaws, and you're listening to the VOC Nation. And if you ain't down with that, he's got two words for you. Suck it. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, who you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer The Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact, Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, and former Philly radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling With History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern, and of course, In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. And by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOC Nation. Guess what? Yeah, you, I'm talking to you. Guess what? It's winning season, and winning season returns at my bookie. What does winning season mean? Well, it means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means survivor, super contest, and squares. At my bookie, winning season means hitting all your parlays and props with your feet up, watching your team trump their rivals. Rejoice! It's time to celebrate the NFL season. You're going to go ahead and invest your intuition because you know you got one and just use the code VOC Nation, all one word, no spaces, and you can double your first deposit. The new players get up to $1,000 in free play designed to add more excitement to your sports you love and the games you bet. You, uh, and another thing that they have going on over there is you go from betting live to championship futures. Every play you want is waiting at my bookie. It's simple. All you got to do is make your picks, you win big, and then you collect your cash. Doesn't that sound good? I think so. Make sure to use that code VOC Nation, all one word, no spaces, and you'll double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today only at MyBookie. It's Tuesday, it's 3 o'clock, and you know what that means. Time for Shelly Live. Your hostess with the mostess, Shelly from Cali on VOCNation.com. Woo! Hola, hola, hola. You are listening to Shelly right here on VOC Nation. I am your hostess with the mostest, Shelly from Cali. And today I have a guest co-host. I have the one, the only, Jennifer Thomas. Hello, 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 everybody. Great to be here. And I'm like panicking over here because I'm realizing how small, sadly, that's what she said. My little stand is here for my microphone, so I'm just trying to bush league it because I bush league things all the time. It's what I do. There we go. So I'm so excited, Jen. You're here. We had a little sushi party to get the party started. And um, how are you enjoying my fresh watermelon? Well, I'm telling you, you just made my whole entire day. <laughs> I mean, the sushi with the watermelon and you, like I said, I couldn't ask for it any better. Woo! Mm-hmm. 
Well, today I asked Jen to come by because last week on the show I was talking about, um, you know, I just gotten back from Vegas, um, your whole event. And when I was talking about it, one of the things I said was, you know, I was telling my whole experience with it. And then I was like, you know what? I bet you Jen has like a whole other story because she's the one that threw the thing. She's the one that had to put it together. I think it would be really interesting to hear because even though like we're friends, we talk, like other things have been going on. So I haven't like asked like, so like, so here we are on Shelly Live. <laughs> so we're going to talk about that. And I'd like to also talk about sessions and customs and all that good stuff. Does that sound good? Absolutely. Cool. Right up my alley. So for those of you that don't know, last year, Jen had your first, that was your first one, right? Mm-hmm. The first live event. Mm-hmm. Um, Nurse Shelly was there to try to give my dose of hotness and add to it. But there was a lot of hotness going on with all the ladies out there beating each other. I enjoyed it because I got to see these men. And here's the thing, get beat up. And here's the thing. So for those of you that don't know, session wrestling is different than like the fantasy custom wrestling in the sense of, there's these fellas. I don't know any women that pay. Is there any women that do that? I guess only fellas, right? I her yet. <laughs> She's got to be out there. Please call me. <laughs> we will talk. But um, so these guys will hit up girls who offer this service, and um, there's different places they'll meet and um, just really go at it in the sense of like wrestling or grappling. Um, some people I know, uh, some of my girlfriends that do it, they've told me like. Oh, you know, sometimes a guy just wants them because my one friend, she's real tall, so and she's strong. So she'll tell me about, like, she gets a lot of requests for, like, just hanging out and carrying the guy. And I'm like, you just carry him? She's like, yeah, but do you talk? Like, are, are you fetishy about it? I'm like, oh, yeah. And she was like, no, well, you know, I'll smoke a bowl and we'll just be talking. And I was like, really? So it's just so crazy how you have that or just a normal, a guy wants to be in a wrestling ring and either wants to box or wants to just wrestle, like, either flashy, which is not rare, I mean, which is kind of rare, I feel, where it's more fake, but then there's the ones that want to see if you can really make them tap. Those are the ones that really are the main customer, right? Yeah. So I just wanted to kind of open up that world to my listeners because a lot of my listeners are because of pro wrestling. However, whether they're a fan of it or other people on BOC nation that tune in. So I really want to open up this like world that so exists everywhere. It's all throughout the world. Like it's not just in America. It's just the world. Yes. And so I thought what better way than to bring you in on that because I can only speak so much on it Mm because I don't do it. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to talk about that, and then of course we got to talk about pro wrestling. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So let's start off with the the session. Let's talk with. Okay. Well, basically, I mean, it's like the battle of the sexes. If you think about it, man versus woman. Let's go at it. Let's see who's the stronger one. You know, and um, it's all in an athletic sense. Meaning, we are either wrestling you, we're like you said, lifting, carrying you, we're boxing you. And it's actually very fun, and it's very um, empowering, especially if you're the woman and you're kicking the guy's butt, you know. So it's something that I'd love to do, and I've never felt ashamed of doing it. However, mainstream society seems to frown upon it, and I've never understood really why, you know, um, because it's something that there's nothing, there's nothing, I mean, all we're doing is proving our strength, 
we're the real deal shit. You know what I mean? So I just feel like it's, I kind of get angry when I know that it's kept in the dark. You know, and it's so funny because uh, I was just reading the other day, uh, WWE, they have this new branch called Raw Underground. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you guys are not underground. No, not 100%. Not 100%. <laughs> you want underground. You're, like, you're, you're not underground. You're commercialized underground. But what I have, or what this whole session industry has, we're the authentic underground, under-the-radar wrestling world. Absolutely. The way I feel about it, too, is, like, I tell people it's almost like Fight Club, but it's women. Mm-hmm. And instead of, like, fighting other women, you're – and I don't even want to use the word fighting because it's, it's wrestling, grappling, or if someone, like, has a fetish, or, like, a foot fetish guy, so there's no wrestling at all. So it's, like – but. Also, it's not dominatrix. That's no, the thing. No, it's not. I, so I think that's, what, that's the confusion, too, is people think mm-hmm. that it's dom work. No, and it's not about humiliating. You know, dom work, in my mind, is humiliation. Get down on your knees, I'm going to whip you. That's not what a session is about, not in my world. We're all about, let's have fun. Let's see uh, who can get the first headlock or the face lock or who can get the first leg lock, you know, and we have fun with it. It's not even like we're trying to – it's not necessarily, can I say, like a real – I mean, it's competitive, but we're not out to kill each other either. You know what I mean? I mean, there's no one even watching us. It's a private, it's a private arena. It's just mm-hmm. one-on-one type of session. So it makes it very unique because it is something that we – I'm giving the guy what he wants by overpowering him. Right. And he's getting – I'm getting what I want. We're both getting what each other wants. Right. You know, so we both come out as winners, even though the guy's <laughs> – and often they both to be called the loser. <laughs> so what, when, when did you first get into uh, the session stuff? How did that all happen? Well, when I first started, when I moved out to Venice, and back in 2002, I was coming out for bodybuilding and fitness, ran into some wrestlers in the gym, which were with WWE. I didn't even know who they were because I never was even a fan of wrestling. I never watched it. I mean, unless you were Hulk Hogan or China or Andre the Giant or whatever, I didn't know who was who was who. But um, they kind of planted the first wrestling scene into my mind. I went off that route and I said, you know what? Let me give this pro wrestling a try. So pro wrestling was the first thing that came into my life. Then I was introduced into session wrestling by somebody at the gym. I totally even forget who. But I kind of had that same kind of reaction as you did. Like, what? This is crazy. You know? But I kept on thinking, well, hey, even though I'm not that experienced, I'm not I don't even know how to wrestle yet, but I'm strong. I'm going to the gym all the time. Why not? Why not give it a shot? You know, so I gave it a shot, and it was a lift and carry session. It was actually my first session. I was carrying the guy around, you know, doing squats with him on my shoulders. And I remember getting paid at the end after one hour, and I'm like, holy shit, I just, I just made $300 in one hour by just carrying this guy. And it was so easy and so fun for me. And, that's, and, it, and I was hooked at that point. And then wrestling came later. So then with wrestling coming later, the custom world was then later? Well, I didn't really know that there was. So once I first signed up and put myself on a directory list to show that I was available to offer these private sessions, I didn't know anything about customs. It's like everything kind of evolved. One thing led to another. Mm-hmm. And then customs came later because producers would get a hold of me. Hi, Jennifer. I see that you're on. WB270 or whatever. Uh, 
we're going to do a shoot in L.A., would you be interested? Gotcha. And then that's how I found out about customs. And that was another source of revenue coming in. Mm-hmm. So I was all about it. You know? So how did wrestling happen? Well, as I continued with my pro wrestling training, then I started doing the wrestling sessions. I'm like, this is perfect. This is like getting paid to do my homework. <laughs> totally, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? So I would just kind of incorporate whatever I learned in pro wrestling class, whether it be the hammer lock, the headlock. The only difference is I'm not with pro wrestling, of course, entertainment. Right. Like, we know how to go through the motion, mm-hmm. but how do you tweak it to where you're really making it effective? Right. That was my issue. But thankfully, I have enough muscle power to where even if I didn't know the exact technique, per se, I had enough strength right. to make them tap out and make it work. That's so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I also think is kind of the bum rap of all this is, a lot of the judgment about this stuff does come from the professional wrestling world because they're the ones that do know that exists because here's the thing. It's like, it's not very mainstream known that this is like, you know, it's this underground thing, but if you're in the wrestling business, you, you know about it. And it's like the reason why they know about it is because people, guys and girls are doing it and they're just not saying anything. And I feel like it's kind of like, when somebody wants to be, like, in a certain profession, like a lawyer or doctor. So then they dance until they get themselves to school. And then once they're done dancing and they get their degree, they not only never talk about it, but they judge others who do it, even though they did it themselves. That's the feeling I get with, like, the pro wrestling world because it's, like, there's people in WWE, men and women, who have done customs, who have done sessions, have that's how they survive but somehow they look down upon you mm-hmm. if they've moved up in the world they no longer do it exactly so tell us about that, like your experiences with that well i have my own personal experience with that because when i was training at wwe developmental at ovw and at deep south i always felt like i had to keep that stuff a secret because i felt like if wwe was to find out i was never going to get hired i never understood why because i'm thinking i'm not doing anything wrong you know, but why is it such a taboo? Why is it, why, why am I looked down upon because I'm doing it? But I'm not, I'm, but doing what I did, doing those sessions allowed me the money to have my freedom to go train, to go to every freaking wrestling class I was and not have to go work a real job right. eight hours a day. So for me, it was a benefit to be doing what I was doing, not just for myself, but for the wrestling business as a whole, because I'm improving my skills. And I'm putting that time in where I want to put my time in. So I had to come to a choice. Like, do I need to, do I need to keep hiding my life because it's not approved by somebody? I don't care who you are, whether it be you or WWE. No, I shouldn't have to hide who I am because I'm not ashamed of what I do. So at that point, I said, you know what, screw it. Thing over, you know. And um, I I never, I still have yet to be hired by WWE. <laughs> uh, it's overrated. It's overrated. There's money to be made, but it's overrated there. But at the same time, WWE does have you come in quite often throughout the years whenever they're in town or they're close by driving distance. Yeah, and I can't, I can't pinpoint why I've never been hired. I mean, I started wrestling when I was 29 years old, so I was late up there as far as you know, so I'm not going to blame. I'm not. I don't have any kind of blame issues or bitterness or whatever. But I do feel like, you know, that 
like what you said, don't judge, you know, because we have, there's a lot of talent. I mean, when you came to the last year's event and this year's event, there's talent there, isn't there? Oh, my goodness, and, yes. And we're all shapes and sizes. We're not all cookie cutter. We all have our own style. Some of us are in G-string. Some of, our, some of us are in one-piece suits doing the classic look or whatever. Whatever, whatever the girl is comfortable in, she's allowed, she's allowed to be who she is, basically. That's what I'm trying to say. So, so I feel like, I feel like the, the production of Special Girls or Women on Fire is not produced. It's authentic. Right. It comes from who the individual is. We're not told, hey, you have to be this character. Mm-hmm. You have to do this. You know, and I always thought when I was trying to do this, everybody knew they were trying to make me something I wasn't. I'm not meant to be huge, boob, platinum, blonde, size one. Right. You know, I'm short, I have muscles on me, I'm thicker, and I'm brunette, and I'm pretty much everything <laughs> you don't want. <laughs> so. so, the thing is, is like, this is what irks me about it. What irks me about it is, how can I say this without getting in trouble? <laughs> I'm always getting in trouble. So how can I say this without getting in trouble? Oh my gosh, Fred just farted. He he stretched. I heard that one. And then he farted. <laughs> so anyways, sorry, I got a little distracted there. Um, I know there has been people that have been very unhappy in WWE. And a lot of their unhappiness had to do with maybe they signed up for one thing thinking is one thing, and now they're realizing it's something else. And to stay there and to thrive there, you just got to accept it and conform to this, right? And so the thing that I respect so much about custom wrestlers, session wrestlers, um, cat fighters, whatever, anyone that makes, makes their own content and it's considered fetish. What you see is what you get. Like, you don't go into the fetishy world, the custom world, the session world, thinking it's going to be one thing and then it's not. Like, it is what it is. Maybe you'll have a case-by-case situation because of a client. You know, that's different. I mean, that's just life. So, but when you get into it, you know, this is what's going to make me money. This is what I, not only is this what's making money, but I can do it in my own comfort without having to sell myself short, without having to feel creepy or forced. You do what you want on your terms. And it's so crazy that it's looked down upon on people who do know it and generally speaking, when, like, if they only knew what some people have to put up with or do, to keep their spot on TV. That, to me, is fake and phony, where at least this is respectable. But just because it's not on TV, it's not produced, and it's not commercialized, it's like this naughty secret. It just drives me nuts. I just find it all about control. You know, it's about being a monopoly. It's about just knowing that it's just kind of like it's the ego full sport. You know, I went in it thinking, oh, I'm going to be rich and famous, you know, because I thought if you were on TV, that means you made a lot of money and you were going to have a mansion and an escalate park in the street. <laughs> 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 but little 
that you're on television and that you're famous that you're freaking making money. You know, right. I know people that are still driving their Ford Prius or whatever and living in an apartment mm-hmm. that are on TV signing autographs every week. Right. So there is a big illusion there as far as thinking, oh, because I'm te- on television, I got cameras on me, I'm living the, you know, Beverly Hills 90210 life. Right. You're not. You know, but I was never in the business. I was in the business because, first of all, I've always been an athlete and I've always been really good at, you know, just being an athlete. But I never knew what I could do with my life to where I could make money from being an athlete. Right. If you think about, well, I'd have to be a pro tennis player or I'd have to be in the Olympics, and I can't do either of those. And I think that the wrestling world gave me this opportunity to make revenue with doing what I love to do, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I'm grateful for WWE and I'm grateful for the wrestling world, but there's also some things that I feel like there's definitely some changes. Right. You know, because, uh, you know, anything that goes on for too long and has too much power, not good. Exactly. So when let's talk about your last year first. Mm-hmm. So what inspired you to put that all together? Basically, I was just kind of feeling too content with what I was doing with running the website, session girls, and just whatever. I just felt like there was more for me to do. I just didn't know exactly what. And then I just figured, you know what, I'm going to set this up a notch. I'm going to just do a small little event, invite only the L.A. girls, and we're all going to get together and make an event. And uh, my event, I have a vision in my mind, and it all starts from pro wrestling. Which means because, like, my, the, what? the event's basically custom. Right. And you know when we do customs, what are we doing? We're in your garage, or we're in some ring somewhere. There's only three of us, two of us fighting, and one camera guy. Right. That's it. So I wanted to bring customs to life with a pro wrestling production. And that's what basically my events are. Not only that, it's the fact that the fans get to dictate the show because right. they're the ones that are paying for the matches. Right. And I think that's awesome. Me too. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, so it's interactive. But that's what kind of like what motivated me to do that first show. Let me try this. Let me see how, what I can do. I had great talent there. I had people calling me from over, from different countries and from um, the East Coast saying, oh, Jennifer, I heard about your event. Can I be a part of it? Oh, wow. And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, this was only much to the LA girl. <laughs> but sure, come on down. So, so it was cool to hear that people were hearing from word of mouth and they wanted to be involved in it. And, um, so last year was amazing as far as the talent pool because we had people from, you know, Europe and people from the East Coast, and it was just a great mix. The only thing was it was inside of a warehouse. It was kind of like a dungy little warehouse. That's real underground right there. <laughs> but I liked it. I liked it. It had the right amount of shadiness, the element of shadiness. Right. And there were some people in that audience, very mm-hmm. imp- uh, people out there listening would think impressive people watching. So it's mm-hmm. not just like, oh, these da da da. It's really interesting. And last year, because I don't do sessions, mm-hmm. that was the first time I saw so many sessions live in front of me. And I got so into it, like so into it that there were times I forgot that I'm there <laughs> to be in a show. I forgot anyone else was even there mm-hmm. because I. 
sadly am such a man hater. I just wanted these men to get destroyed and these women with their strong legs. And then you have girls who are more petite and not even muscly, but they were like, they know what they're doing, but they were doing it too. And I was just like, yes. I just remember just being like, and I meant it. I wasn't trying to be funny. Mm -hmm. I was really into it. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was like, I get it. I get now with these guys, I mean, in a different way, like, you know, they get a different kind of gratification out of it. But to me, I was like, dude, this is so interesting. Like, this needs to be shared with with the world. And then that's what exactly you were doing with Mm -hmm. your event. Um, So how did, if you put this year's event on, so before we get into the details of that, what were the differences from last year, no coronavirus, and then this year? Uh, the talent, basically. I was limited on talent. I was limited on audience because I could no longer have an audience there. So now I'm making it live stream only. Uh, the girls that came from Europe last year couldn't make it this year. They wanted to. They had signed themselves up to be here, but because of COVID and all the travel restrictions, they were no longer able to make it. Mm-hmm. And so it really uh, took away a lot of top-notch talent. Not saying that, you know, there are, I mean, we, no matter what, no matter what girls participate in the event, they're all talented, right. you know, but you have some that have black belts from here, you got some that, you know. And you can tell, those girls, mm-hmm. the ones, those ones that, like, they have, like, like they train hard, yeah. like, uh-huh. they train, like, if they were going to be in, like, USC, well, but they know. do it for their business with the session. Right. And I think that's freaking amazing. Right. And they don't have to wear those damn Basketball shorts. And they look real hot. Like, you know, like, you know someone, like you said, the G-string, uh-huh. and they're just, like, beating dudes it's like, ass. It's like in the May girls in G-string. It's awesome. Yeah, it is. It's like fantasy and reality all coming together in one. I love it. Me, too. I love it, too. I'm getting goosebumps. Just like, a, being a woman that isn't looking at it in any way sexually, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I'm fascinated. I want to see more. Like... It's crazy. Like, that's why this year um, it sucks because, you know, I overheated myself. I talked about last week. So I didn't get to watch. Like, after I did my last bit, I was I couldn't go back inside. I felt like I couldn't breathe. And so I hated it because last year I got such an endorphin high <laughs> off of watching that. But um, there wasn't as many as mixed wrestling this time, right? No, because, because uh, Hans wasn't there. And Hans was usually the the guy that does all the mixed matches, right? And he couldn't make it because of COVID. So I was very limited on mixed matches. I think there was only one, actually, one mixed match. It was a really good mixed match, but it it was just one. Um, So, you know, you kind of have to do the best that you can do with the circumstances at the time. You know, but for the future events, even if there's no Hans and no one there to put on mixed matches, I think I'm going to just put my own money and make those mixed matches happen. You know, because I do really believe that those are really the highlight of the show. It is for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like you said, I'm not even getting off on it sexually. I'm getting off on it as a woman saying, beat his ass. Like that mixed one I did see, I remember uh, Jolene, she was going after the old guy, I forget his name. Do you remember? Oh, uh, yeah, that was a mixed pro match though like that was so mm-hmm. like <laughs> I was so I was like I felt like I was dying because of my health condition right but I just wanted to but you're keeping yourself alive I wanted, 
and then Jolie just being like mm-hmm. talking mad smack like she does, and mm-hmm. I was like, yes, right. <laughs> I know. That's, I mean, I'm telling you, when you allow people to be who they are, you're going to get the best show because it's going to be natural. It's going to be everything and plus some. But when you try to make people somebody that they're not, then it's fabricated and it's forced. And even if they do a good job at it, it's still not. Still not as great as if you're just being who you are, and that's what I love about Jolene and a lot of the other girls that were there. They were not manufactured; no. they were being themselves. So remember Genevieve casting the spell? On I didn't see that part. Oh, yeah, on the south side. So, yeah, the south side. But you know what? There was that girl Mia. She was the one I was getting a kick out of. Mm-hmm. I had never met her before. <laughs> when I went up to her, when I was doing my bit with like taking the temperature of the audience, I was like, "Can I take your temperature?" She's like. If you let me fill your pussy first. Oh, no! <laughs> She's like, is it wet? <laughs> I was like, oh my god! And then I just. <laughs> oh my god! I love it. I don't even know about that. I know. Awesome. And I just busted up laughing. She's, uh-huh. She's like, you can take it. And then I took her. <laughs> Awesome, you know, and it's not just what happens in the ring; it happens uh, the stuff that happens outside of the ring. Too. Or when um, Chris, who was it? Uh, was it Chrissy and who was it? the muscly girl? Big Red. Yeah, Big Red. Mm-hmm. First of all, she's very nice. Mm-hmm. I chatted with her a little bit, but uh, it was so funny because their size was so different—not just like completely different. Mm-hmm. And looking on paper, you would think Big Red was going to own her, and she even said in the. <laughs> She was in there. She's like, you got muscles. It doesn't matter. And she blew her up. Yeah. And it's just like, that amazes me because I've always been since I was a little fascinated about what you can do to manipulate your strength, gravity, technique, and what the human body can do. That's why I've always loved like ballerinas, wrestling, um, fighting, like MMA stuff. Like, it just has always fascinated me. And when I was watching that, because that was before I totally took a dive. Um, I was just like, this is so wild. Like, you would never think. And, like, there it is. Well, this play goes to show science doesn't matter. But you're right. They're both big girls, but just big in a different way. You had the muscle girl, and then you had more of the voluptuous girl, should I say. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like, now, do you think WWE would ever put a match like that on? Hell no. And it was awesome. <laughs> they showboated at first. And then, like, and, and she kept... When Big Red was like falling down, and it wasn't fake. It was. It was. It was. I'm gonna tell you guys. She was blown up. It was. How did you? She was. She was in the back puking at the dumpster after the match. I heard. I yeah. heard. And yeah. I don't know about you, because you had a uh-huh. full-on match, but and I had my little BS match, which was not much to it. But even with that, I felt I couldn't breathe well in there. Mm. So it's like, well, the next venue. Even though I thought my venue would step up than last year's, it was. It's going to have air conditioning. It's fine. So I'm just like, the thing is, is like, so when I say Big Red was like falling down, it wasn't like, okay, like you're saying, like something manufactured. Okay, after a couple minutes, then Big Red. No, it wasn't that. It was go out there and try. Unscripted. Unscripted. And so when she was starting to wear down, watching it, you could see it was legit. And then there was, Christy just smiling. Oh, we have it, muscles. <laughs> oh, my God. And it's like, and the thing is, is some people could think, like, 
wouldn't Big Red get mad? Because, you know, here she is taunting her. It's real. It's not scripted. But that's what I love. It's like that is also part of the whole thing. Yes, it is competitive. Yes, you go in there like that. Just like uh, it was Jolene and um, Carrie. Oh, yeah, yeah. When they were going mm-hmm. at it, like, they were talking mad smack to each other. Like, mm-hmm. things that you would think, oh, my God, like, are they going to be mad? And it's like, no, that's part of it. And it's not that they're trying to be funny. It's like they're just being real in the moment, and then that's just what it is. I'm just, I'm just like, stop effing hitting me in the face. And then, like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's just so real, but that's part of it. And, like, you're saying, that's who these people are, like, whether it was Christy or Jolene or Terry, like, that's how they react. That's their personality. Even Big Red, she's big and very, like, wow. But she's so quiet mm-hmm. and, like, smiley. Mm-hmm. Like, when she's, like, so it made sense that she wasn't making all kinds of noises or whatever when she was doing her thing. So that, it was just so awesome. Because she's a real bodybuilder. Right. And she's not, she doesn't have the theatrical skills. Of some of the other girls that are in the LFC or had their experience with pro wrestling. So she was being her real self. And that's what I say every time be your real self because that's going to make for real entertainment right there. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so, was there any like issues putting everything together? Absolutely. Well, let's hear it. Let's hear the cheese, man. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So, I remember this moment where, okay, so here I am, I'm, I'm putting on the event. I'm also a performer at the event, and so in my mind, I'm thinking I have to be in front of the seat, in front of the show, in front of the camera, and behind the camera. And that's pretty stressful, I have to admit. That's a big challenge. That's a lot. And you have people hired, designated to do certain things. Well, I just remember shit started hitting the fan at the second match point where one of the girls was still not there. The girls just show up an hour and a half early before the show starts. Performers meeting. But I can't control all the women. And one of the girls played. She didn't even show up until the second part of the show, you know, and it ruined everything. It changed the whole card. Mm. So, okay, so we made the adjustment with the card, but no one bothered to tell the production crew. So now I got girls coming out of the curtains to other girls' music uh. and videos, you know, and I'm just like, oh, my God, you know, how can I go study my match or how can I go focus on my match right. when I got to go take care of this? And I just remember going into the front where Susie was, and Susie's uh, one of the, was my friend that was kind of helping organize everything. She said, Jennifer, just go take a seat. Go take a seat. We got it taken care of. Go relax. Just go relax. You know, enjoy your own show. So I go. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go take a seat. I'm going to go take a seat. So I go take a seat in the bleachers, and they call the next match. And again, it's the freaking wrong music, the wrong person, whatever. So I'm like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. And then, and then I get um, also told that the live stream audio was going out. Oh. So now I have emails coming in on my phone. Hey, Jennifer, I'm watching your live stream. Oh. So anyway, those were some issues that I had to deal with. And I've kind of realized that you can't let people have more than one job. You, they have to have one job and one job only. Because if you give them two or three, the, the stuff is going to start falling through the cracks. So the next event, I'm going to have one person specifically handling live stream. In one event, I'm going to have uh, someone specifically handling the changes from the event card to make sure that the production yeah. knows about it. You know? Um, so well, it's all a learning experience. This is your second event. And both events, different vibes, but they both were awesome. They both 
or just something that's not going on out there. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's so cool that my friend is the one putting <laughs> this on because I know it's a lot. You got to like figure everything out and put it together and all this. And it's just like, it's a lot, but as a person that you book to be there, I think it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. And thank you for appreciating it. I just, I just feel this need to create something unique that's not been done before. And, um, I have never seen it done, and if I can be that person, because, you know, I've been in the business for a long time, so I understand the business, and I have both aspects of the pro wrestling with my WWE days to, to my whole underground, you know what I mean? So it's like I want to incorporate the two of them, and I've never seen that be done. So why not have the underground and mainstream meet together, you know, and create something spectacular where... Not only are the people participating having a great time, and they're like, wow, because those girls, do you think that they've ever came out on a ramp before? I know, with, with this fog. Yeah, dude. No. So the them felt like a superstar, right? Oh, and I love that. Yes. And so not only were they happy and excited that they got to shine, but the viewers that were watching it had a great time because they got to see a variety of different styles of wrestling. It wasn't just a straight pro wrestling show where it was pro match, pro match, pro match. Right. It wasn't just a mixed wrestling where mixed wrestling, mixed wrestling, mixed wrestling. There was always something different to be offered, right. you know? And I think that's what, you know, that's what keeps your attention is being able to see different, something different, not just even a different show, but different matches along with the show. Right, right. Mm-hmm. All right, well, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, I post if anyone had questions for you, and there was a couple questions that people posted, so we'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll get to your guys' questions. Shall we live here with Jennifer Thomas, CRB. This is Lance Storm, and if I can be serious for a minute, you're listening to VOC Nation Worldwide. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks, having started way back in 2010. VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts also include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, and In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. Both shows take callers live during the show, and recent guests have included General Adnan, Tito Santana, Haku, Earl Hebner, Dangerous Danny Davis, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Brodus Clay, and so many more. Archive-free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOCNation. 
Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists and more. We have excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOCNation.com. Wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey. The morning after, right here on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Brady Hicks and... Homeboy Rap Boy here. I tell you what, we got a good show right here in the afternoon at 12 o'clock. Eastern Standard Time on the VOC Nation. Talking wrestling, football, news, whatever's going on in the world today. VOCNation.com. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. The Worldwide. This is Matt Hardy, and you are listening to the VOC Nation. Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists and more. We have excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOCNation.com. Since 2012, HIC Talk Radio has been bringing you the best of independent wrestling and wrestling on the worldwide scale with interviews and other segments now featuring the wrestling historian with Craig Legon every Thursday night at 6 p.m. at VOCNation.com or go to your Android or iPhone and type in VOC Nation Radio Network and subscribe to the greatest wrestling podcast network in the world. Listen to HIAC Wrestling Podcast today. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, who you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer The Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact. Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez. And former Philly radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling With History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern. And, of course, In The Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. And, by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOC Nation. Wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey. The morning after, right here on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Brady Hicks and... Homeboy Rap Boy here. I tell you what, we got a good show right here in the afternoon at 12 o'clock. 
Eastern Standard Time on the VOC Nation. Talking wrestling, football, news, whatever's going on in the world today. VOCNation.com. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Welcome back. You're listening to Shelly Live here on VOC Nation. So I was just chatting with Jen over the commercial break about how lame-ass Snapchat took my Snapchat away yesterday. And the thing that I think was the culprit is right now my secret society, I was using uh, Patreon for so long, and that's what I would link it to. And then I had like a little BS, like preview secret society page that would kind of reroute you to it. And then I use that. But now I'm using Model Central. I don't know if you ever use them. And I think because there's a warning about it being adult content, so like when you visit it, I'm thinking that's why they flagged it. But it's like, yet they'll let people. But the content wasn't adult content. No, like I have no nudity. And then, but even if I did, I know that people who sell videos on Snap of them masturbating and things like that, like that's what people do with Snapchat. Like, that are in the adult entertainment world. So it's, like, weird to me that, like, you know, it's, like, giving hits it. It's 18 plus, yes, but that's only because I do smoke and I'm in lingerie. But I'm, I don't do topless. I don't do nude. And, yeah, they took it all away just like that. And it sucks because I was telling Jen, what I've been doing for my secret society for years now is I give them, like, an archive um, – like the whole week that I had on Snapchat on their feed and oh Fred peed. It's okay, buddy. And um I call it my weekly rewind and you know, I got behind in it a couple of times to where nowadays, like the last one I did, which was a couple of weeks ago, was in November. And so from November till March, which is when Ethel passed away, I had snaps of Ethel video and now I can't ever get those back. And that really really annoys me because it's the same thing with like when Instagram took my Instagram away it's like whatever whatever with my pictures it's like the pictures I had of Ethel in the videos and then nowadays with pathetic ass lyrics over here I have snaps that I'll never see again that have him in it and it just pisses me off and it's just it's really annoying so I had to make a new one you want to follow me it's at Shelly Sobe because here's the other thing. I used to have Shelly from Kelly, and then I ended up messing it up somehow, and it's like I accidentally deleted it. So I made Shelly from Kelly the number four. It's my favorite number. So that's the one they deleted. I kept trying to put all these different things that go with my brand, like, with it, and none of it would work with it, Shelly. So it's really annoying. <sighs> Anyways. <laughs> um, I just wanted to remind you guys real quick. I don't know if you're aware of this, but guess what? Guess what, Jen? What? It's winning season. It's winning season, and winning season returns at MyBookie. What does that mean? Well, winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means Survivor, Super Contest, and Squares. At MyBookie, winning season means getting all your parlays and feet up, watching your team drop their rivals. Rejoice. It's time to celebrate NFL season. Invest in your intuition and use the code VOC Nation, all one word, no spaces, and you know what that will do? That will double your first deposit. New players get to $1,000 in free play, totally designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. From betting to championship, championship, <laughs> from 
live betting to championship futures, every play you want to make is waiting at my bookie. It's really simple, and this is what you got to do. Make your pick, win big, collect your cash. This is simple. Why don't you go ahead and do it over there at my bookie? And don't forget to use the promo code VOCNATION, all one word, no spaces, and you will double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today only at my bookie. All right. Now that we've uh, let you know about that, and Fred Murphy's just farting up a storm over here. <laughs> you are stinky, binky Murphy, aren't you? Let's go to the Instagram. And I asked if anyone had anything to ask Miss Jennifer here, and we have Big Time Brian. He says, what are some of your fondest memories in working in fitness and bodybuilding? Well, one of my favorite memories of bodybuilding is um, going up to do my very first competition and winning first place in overall. Woo! So, yeah, that was an amazing moment for me, and uh, that pretty much hooked me. And I continued to body build. Well, I shouldn't say body build because I don't like to consider myself a bodybuilder. You're more fitness. More fitness end of it. Not like I suspect bodybuilders. I think that they do a lot for their body. But it's just not for me. I'm more of a downside kind of girl. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's one, one of my fondest memories was winning my very first show and taking on the overall. And, uh, and I absolutely loved my journey of fitness and doing competitions, but who knows, maybe I'll get back at it. I'll follow a diet again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are overrated too. Mm-hmm. And Big Time Bry also wants to know, how was it breaking into wrestling under the name Karma and Impact Zone Wrestling? That's not you. Yeah, that's not me. I mean, I am Karma. <laughs> but Impact Zone Wrestling, um, my work was mainly with WWE and being at the developmental centers in Deep South and OVW at the time. Um, but I never really had it. I didn't have anything with Impact Zone Wrestling. And Karma, WWE ended up buying my name, Karma, off of me. And I thought that was like, man, that's messed up. It is. <laughs> here, here, Johnny Laronitis is calling me, and I'm like, my big moment, I hear that voice. Hello, people. Oh, Johnny And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, my moment has arrived. I'm going to be hired. Uh, yeah, uh, we'd like to get your name Karma House, you know. And I was just like, what? You want Karma, but not me to go with Karma? Because, like, I'm the real Karma. And um, it was fine. I sold my name. Make, make some money somehow, yeah, right? So, yeah. Oh. So, yeah. And you know what's so funny? Guess what you do? It's Karma. Oh. Awesome Kong. Oh, that's right. Right? So, Awesome Kong. And they pushed her to be this whole diva destroyer, everything like that. She lost it on TV three months because she got pregnant. And I said, see, that's what happens when you don't take the real karma. You know, that's, I forgot about that. And it's so interesting because right when I knew she was in WWE around that time, I don't know if she was in my mind or what, I had this really weird dream about her. And I ended up telling her about it. And in my dream, it was like she was in this room and it was all like, like white. And I'm not saying she was in a white room. It was just like blank screen white, there she was. I don't know if that makes sense. I know a lot of people dream like that. I do too sometimes. So it was kind of like that. And then um, she, like, had stuff, and she, like, started gripping through it, and it was, like, chaotic. And then when all this stuff was, like, all around her and it just looked like a mess, she looked up and she was crying. And then I woke up. And I was just like, oh, oh, my goodness. Like, what was that all about? But I know you would never think she would be crying out of all people because she, her, everything about her is very uh, 
Oh, those are the people that cried the most. I feel. I feel. All right. And um, Big Time Bri also wants to know, by the way, Jen and Shelly, you both Big Time Rock. Ah, thank you. And then we have at Guy from M. Sudden. I live in Vegas. What's the event going on? Well, you missed it, you nerd. <laughs> it's okay, but there's always going to be a next one. Can people watch it? Like, is it I'm going to have it available for for uh, purchase soon. Oh, great. So stay tuned on that. Yeah. And then we also have Big Time Bright on Twitter. He says, what was it like coming to OVW, and who was your favorite people to work with there? Wow, that's a tough question. Um, I gained so much experience and so much like stuff that I learned at OVW that I never was taught anywhere else. And I think I want to give that. There's two, two, two trainers that stick in my mind the most. One is Rick Rogers. Woo! I'm a big fan of Rick. Big fan. And, and second is Al Snow. All right. Now, Rick Rogers, man, he would do those four-hour classes. I could barely hang for one and a half, <laughs> let alone four hours, you know. And he would, he would really just drill it in. And he was like a no-nonsense kind of guy in his own special quirky way. Then you had Elf Snow that always gave you the psychology of your matches. Why did you do that? Did it make sense? Are you telling the story? You know, and so I learned a lot from Al as far as the storytelling, and I learned a lot from Rip as just as far as conditioning and getting your ass which is important. It's very important. They're both really important. Both, yeah. Yes. You know, and the, the talent that was there at the time, you were there. Beth Phoenix was there. ODB was there. Um, Kelly Kelly was there. Uh, Serena. Serena. Uh, she was contracted there at that time. Yeah, she yeah, she wasn't, right? Yeah, she, she was came on. Yeah. Yep. And then, you know, we had CM Punk and we had uh, Jack Bullock. Oh, <laughs> shout out. <laughs> yeah, Jack Bullock. will never hear this. Never hear this. Cody Rhodes. You yeah. know, but I feel like my best training, basically, I had best training no matter who I was with at that time. Because this is how I believe, and this is why I moved to Venice Beach for bodybuilding and fitness. If you want to be part of the best, you have to go where the best are at. Absolutely. So that was the reason why I went off to Deep South and why I went to Kentucky, was because I knew that when I got into that ring, I was going to be with the best people for that moment of time. Right. So, um, so yeah. You know, and I love that because um, when I first met Rick, he asked me where I was from. He asked me what my name was. He goes, oh, okay, California. Well, what's your name? Shelly Martinez. I'm going to call you Taco. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Taco. And you'll always be Taco. I guess so. Um, but I had no idea who Rick Rogers was. Like, I'm an Attitude Era, more so kind of like, you know, when I was younger, I did watch wrestling and stuff, but where I became like that fanatic, it was the Attitude Era. So, I don't know who Rick Rogers is. I'm just, I, but I've always been the type of person. I'm real good with old man river types. Whether they're real grumpy, mm-hmm. real quirky, a mixture of the both. Mm-hmm. I, I'm real good with like that's why I've, I ran around in interesting circles in Hollywood because I was never really like impressed in, in, with like people who I should be impressed with. I like these old men that were like these. The guy, the head at Sony, or like uh, you know those real shady. <laughs> That's who I get mixed up with. These old men were smoking their cigars, and because I'm sitting there talking about old timey things, because I love old timey things, they're like, "How do you know about this? We like this broad, 
blah, blah, blah. So that's kind of like Rick Rogers of wrestling. It's, you know, mm-hmm. man river, no nonsense. Mm-hmm. If you don't like what he has to say, then don't be around him. Mm-hmm. If you get offended, oh, well. <laughs> and which is interesting because you could also almost on paper say that about Cornette. But he's not the same. No, not different personality, totally. But I'm just saying, like, people could say, like, oh, you know, Cornette's that same way, but it's like, you appreciate that from Rick. It's like, you know he's that way because he's real simple. He's a simple man, and that's just why rough around the edges things come out of his mouth because he's just very basic and simple, and this is what's what. No games, that's it. And then Al, um, you know, before Al Snow, I had two really awesome times of training in life. One was with Ricky Reyes and Rocky Romero when I first started. They really took their time with me, especially Reyes. I had to break them because I wanted his approval so bad because he was always stone faced and I just wanted him to approve of me, damn it. <laughs> So, like, and to this day, I mean, I still keep in touch with that, especially with Reyes. So they really helped me form my, what, my work ethic into wrestling. Then when I went to WPW with Martine and those guys and Lucha it up, and I was just doing Lucha, that was amazing. And then when I went to OB, OBW with Al Snow, I felt like everything that Reyes and Rocky Romero and Martine and the guys there in Labucha taught me, it like Al Snow sprinkled in like the missing ingredient and it all came together. So I, I even used to call Al, I used to call Mr. Snow because of that perspective, like, oh, okay, like, wow. And something that he, I don't know if he knows I know this, that he said behind my back was he had told Sose, remember Sose? Mm-hmm. Shout out to Sose. She'll mm-hmm. never hear this, but I love that bitch. I love her. Um, she told me once, she's like, you know what Al just told me? And I was like, what? And I was feeling all insecure. I had all kinds of stuff going on at that time. And she was like, he was looking at me and he goes, you know what Shelly's problem is? She has it, but she doesn't know she has it. Mm. And that stuck with me because when she said that, I was like, kind of like, whatever. I was kind of mad, you know? But that comment, stayed with me for like it's had different meanings to me throughout my life as I've grown so like unbeknownst to Al like that even more than like wrestling and da 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 and everything I learned from him like that one comment that he didn't even mean for me to hear like really stayed true to me like to this day like even to this day I'll be like no bitch you have it like you know it so stop being a bitch mm-hmm. you know so that's why Al you know I don't keep in touch with him now but he'll always have that special place because I just, it, it's like a parable. It just kept with me my whole life. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yay, wrestling. I remember I had a similar talk with uh, Paul Heyman. Oh, you know how, you, I like Paul Heyman fetish. I'm sure <laughs> of my Paul Heyman fetish, by the way, but yeah, let's hear it. Well, it was actually me calling him because I was always kind of like searching for who do I need to be to make it to WWE at that time. And uh, you'd be like, well, you know what I'm like? And then I, I remember calling him on the phone, and I was sitting in the parking lot, and I said, what do I need to do to get that it faster? You know what I mean? Like, why? Why don't I have it? What do I need to do to get it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, you know, and he pretty much said, you know, people, 
Now, this is the way how I feel. I believe we all have it. Yeah. It's just about how to bring it out of you. Bring it out out of you. So do I believe that some people are just born with the it factor and all the rest of us are, like, screwed because we never were born with it? You know, um, I think that some people have an easier way of bringing out of them. Um, So I just remember that talk with Paul, and Paul was basically kind of saying, no, you're either born with it or you're not. And I didn't really like that comment because in my mind I'm thinking, well, damn it, I wasn't born with it, you know? And so all these years I think about, I just, I just choose to think differently. I think we all have it. It's just about when do we want to bring that it out. And the only way to bring that it out is learning to realize that you are okay with being who you are and just be you. Mm-hmm. Because whenever you try to be somebody you're not, you know, you, you, some people have it, but they don't really have it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> no. You know, it's so interesting that you're bringing this up because I was going through something recently where, um, so, long story short, I'm not trying to brag up old stuff, but um, the day I got in a fight with Batista, earlier that day, there was this dude who I was giving a hard time to in catering because at the time the diva search was going on. And he was over there flirting with one of the diva search girls real bad, like he's single. Meanwhile, his girlfriend, who at the time was my homegirl, was sitting right next to me crying and trying to hold it together because, like, what are you going to do? So being in true Shelly form, I say out loud, hey, so-and-so, aren't you going to come sit next to your girlfriend, so-and-so over here? Or are you, oh, okay. Just so you know, I didn't know if you know that your girlfriend's right here. So um, later I went up to him. She was crying in the bathroom. She showed me the reason why she was crying so hard is because she was so in love with him at that time. She got tattooed on her above her vag a tattoo that said his name on it mm-hmm. it said all so and so so that pissed me off mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I was like dude if, if he's working her or she went and got a tattoo thinking that's like that that's him so again not minding my own business like I should have I guess um, I went into catering again he was there talking to Tommy Dreamer and I said, you know someone, so she's over there, and she's all upset, and blah, blah, blah. And I saw him cringing this jaw. And Dreamer was like, Shelly, just walk away. I was like, all right. And so right before Batista went in on me, I saw that guy whisper in his ear. So it was this whole thing. So this guy, that's who he is to me. It's like he's a travieso, he's a troublemaker, and he was being groomed almost like, like he's like, not, I, I don't want to say this like so literal, but in a way kind of like, oh, he's going to be another Randy Orton without like the history, family history kind of thing. So they were like grooming him and pushing him to be this guy, right? And he wasn't on TV yet when this, when I was on TV and this was all going down. So I just kept seeing like him getting pushed, like he's this it guy. But like you were saying, yeah. And then I watched everyone with the OBW kiss his butt, even if they didn't like him, because he was this it guy. But I wasn't buying it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I wasn't buying they, it. They made him it. He really didn't have it. He really didn't have it. But he, he just had walked it. around yeah. and he had it yeah. and all this. And then, um, so what's interesting is just over the weekend, 
somebody retweeted this guy, and I don't even think about this dude, right? Like, whenever I even, like, see Batista or I think about it, I kind of don't remember, don't really focus on that part. i just like, whatever. So, over the weekend, somebody retweeted him, and now he's, like, running for office, and I'm like, dude, there, it's like, there we go again. That's so, and, like, the pictures I was seeing, and what he was doing, his little smile, and a little I was just like, you're so fake. I was like, oh, the it boy, huh? Poor he's over there now running for office and wherever he lives or whatever, whatever. And so right now when you were saying that, it was like, I was like, dude, just like that guy. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. Like, that was always my thing. And maybe that's why he kind of didn't like me because I know that people, when I don't buy their BS, that's when they're like, oh, Shelly's a bitch. Oh, I don't know about Shelly. I don't know about her. Eh, don't book her. Da, da, da. Because you know who they are. Yeah. And so that's just so hits me on it. And it makes me sad to hear that Paul Heyman said that. Like, now that I am, I no longer have a Paul Heyman fetish, for those of you who don't know, I really mean I had a Paul Heyman fetish. I was like, I would have slept with him. <laughs> I wanted to sleep with him. It's not that, oh, I would have heard. No. I wanted, I wanted to sleep with Paul Heyman. I wanted to be with him. <laughs> I wanted that Heyman. Wow. And I was so obsessed with him. I mean, I wonder what triggered you to be obsessed with Paul Heyman. What was it about him? That it's weird did? because, okay, I was never into ECW growing up. So when he came out in WWF, uh, he stood out to me, of course, whatever, but it wasn't until I met him in person when he just taken over for Cornette because he got fired for slapping um, Boris, mm-hmm. you know, uh, shout out to Boris. And um, that's when Heyman came in full throttles and taking over at OVW TV and writing. And when I had my first, like, sit down talking with him, da-da-da, I was attracted to him. From that moment, and then it's crazy because there was a time I've talked about before where he started picking on me because I had questioned something in class and he didn't like it. I didn't know that's what it was until, like, I got someone told me later on. I'll just be, Al told me this is why because you, like, questioned him. And I was like, but isn't that how I'm supposed to learn? Like, hello. So me and Paul had, like, a little butting of heads moment. And I remember there was a time when we were at OBW and he goes, me and Beth were feuding, and he was like, oh, you know, we got to walk through this because Shelly needs to be walked through. So he's taking, okay, no, you're going to grab, like, room amateur. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so when he was walking in front of me, yeah, I was walking behind him, and I was going like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, the, what I was doing is I was imitating him, and people were laughing. And when he turned around, yep, I was just, whatever. And... um. It's funny because I told somebody that has nothing to do with wrestling story back in the day, and like, you had your Lucille Ball moment. You're being, I was like, oh my gosh, I was. So I was totally whatever. And it, that night, I remember I was so irked because he was treating me like that, that I was like, if he says one more thing, I swear to God. And then that's when he said something, and we were in that back area, and I just grabbed him by the throat and threw him up against the wall. And I looked him right in the eyes, and he was just like, we're it out. He probably loves it. And if it, you like that now, don't you? Mm-hmm. And you're gonna stop making a little bitch out of me, aren't you? You stop talking your shit. And then I, and then I walked away. And after that, he was cool with me. <laughs> you put him, you put him against the wall. I did. And um, you know, maybe I need it. 
move. I don't know, but yeah, Paul's never, never done any. Paul's always been a supporter of me, actually, and he's always kind of tried to help me. Like I kind of use him as my mentor, and um, so I don't have any bad moments with Paul. But um, just, just, I think it's kind of funny to hear yours. You know, <laughs> he never pulled that stuff on me. He never made me. But I was never really an official on, you know, with contract person either. You know what I mean? Well, so. here's the thing that sucks about it is what had happened is me, Beth, and Aaron were in our group, and we were having a handicap match against Chris Cage and Mickey James. And Heyman was so high on Mickey. He said that she's the female Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, I will never forget that. And so to him, Mickey could do no wrong. And when we had the match, um, something, what was it? Me and Beth did, like, a tag move on Mickey. And even though it wasn't perfect, we still pulled it off. And when we were going over it after the show, like, on that night, he, like, said it was the worst match. It was, like, Mickey lost her moment now. And, like, he made it all about how we screwed over Mickey. So I felt terrible. I felt terrible. I felt, like, oh, my gosh, this is before I was a drinker or a smoker. So I just had a sick stomach. Oh, my gosh. And so the next day when we would – because what we do is we shoot OVW TV live uh, in front of the live audience on Wednesday. And then on Thursday, we would review it in class. So when we were reviewing it in class and it came to that part, I was like, oh, my God, no, no, no. And then when I watched it, I was like, if you didn't know what was supposed to happen, you would have never known. Mm-hmm. How is this anything? And I was so upset. So I emailed Paul and I said – I watch your thing, and I'm really confused. I don't understand, like, where that is that. And that's what made him turn on me for so long, mm. which is so I mean, crazy. crazy. But then I became so obsessed with him. And, oh, it always was. It hurt my feelings. And then, um, I don't know, one day I was just like, you know what? There's a new obsession in town, and that obsession is called Spindly. So I put my... I don't want to sleep with Spinguli, but <laughs> you transferred your attraction. It's like that. That's who took Paul's spies to Spinguli. You guys can watch him every Saturday on <laughs> TV. He has an awesome show, <laughs> fellow vampire. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but if Paul Heyman would have tried to make moves on me back in the day, I would have gone for it 1,000%. <laughs> okay, let's see. And then we have one more question. Sure. What are some of your favorite musical artists? Hmm. Well, I'm old school. <laughs> well, this is from at Tess LaVolt, which is also, it says Krypton Nipples. Oh, okay. <laughs> mm. um, uh, basically, gosh, music. I don't know. I like Moby. Um, I like uh, old school, like Pearl Jam and Deftones. Um, gosh, it's been so long since I've even... Uh, well, like, what do you listen to about when, you work, when you work out? I listen to music where I can't even pronounce the name of the <laughs> Like hip-hop? Or? No, it's more like high energy, more techno, techno house, okay, yeah. house kind of music, you know? Um, so that's what I listen to, but, like, I, I just let it play. I don't really have any groups right now that I'm, like, totally into. But back in the 90s, definitely, like, Sublime. I loved Sublime back in the day. You know, and Nirvana, of course. Now I just, you know, I just listen to whatever out there at the time, but I'm not, even, I'm not even paying attention to it. You know, I just listen to it. Just in the back. I don't even know the name, who's singing it, whatever. <laughs> but yeah. So, 
Well, there you guys have it. You asked the questions. They were answered. Um, wow, we've had a long show today. Um, thank you so much, Jen, for being here. And can you tell everyone where to find all your all my media? stuff? Yes. Huh? Everywhere. <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> well, my like my, my my personal social media is uh, Russell Jennifer Thomas, and that's for both uh, Instagram and Facebook. And then I have you know my Session Goals account, which is also official Session Goals on Instagram. And um, now we I have my new promotion, Women on Fire. So Women on Fire is kind of like, I have a feeling it's really going to be something big. Like, uh, go it's going to be on fire. It's going to be a wild fire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so and that's um, waonfire.com. And if you're wondering what WA stands for, it means Women Athletes on Fire. Because ultimately, we're more than just wrestlers. We are athletes. Absolutely. We have many other talents besides just putting people in headlocks. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. All right. Well, I'll be back here next week, same bat time, same bat channel. Thank you guys for tuning in. Who knows what the hell will happen in between the, now and then. And um, I'm Shelly from Cali, and I'll be smelling you guys later. Uh, adios.